To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Welcome everyone to Talk Murder Me Podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. We release episodes every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also live stream at Saturdays at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and which we're doing now. And we do one public and then one to two private streams for our supporters. And you can support us by going to patreon.com slash talk murder and signing up there also i want to say if you uh, if you are addicted to true crime and you want to hear a really good story told and you want it uh with some good music behind it i recommend the podcast that i produce among the dirt and trees with our good friend brianne she's doing really well lately with her podcast getting a lot of downloads and and we're loving it so i think she just hit her episode 130 wow already yeah that's awesome Go, Brianne. Yeah, go, Brianne. Just don't surpass us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, just do slightly, slightly worse, or, or we, we can do slightly better. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. check, so check that out. It's a really great podcast. I actually enjoy producing that for her. It's amazing. It's a lot of stories you won't hear anywhere else. A lot of stuff out in nature, obviously. It's called Among the Dirt and Trees. And a lot of stuff like about witchcraft and older kind of stories like that. So Martin yeah. said it is a very good podcast. So thank oh, you, Martin. I appreciate thank you, Martin. that. Uh, so we do have a surprise shot. I was actually, I was hoping he would be here today. Yeah, where is for he? For his dedication, but this one's for Alex. Oh. Alex, where are you? Alex, how's your your dad situation? I know, such a good guy. Yeah, always caring for his father, daddy, in the UK. It's the spotlight's on this you. This is Jen. not a specific oh. request by Alex. I did double check to make sure I wasn't missing anything specific. So I picked one that I felt like was both loved by the Brits and also paired well with this episode. So anyway, go ahead. Take I'm it curious. Away. It's a clear liquor. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Yeah. And we're also, Martin, are you on the Discord? I don't think you are. Are you on the Discord? I don't know. Martin, if you're not on the Discord, get on there because we talk on there a lot, quite a bit. I will get, I'm not as good as I need to be on joining during the week. Work gets just crazy sometimes. A lot of times I see the notifications and I mean to join, but like I'm in the middle of other well, things. I'm there. That sounds fucked up. Eh, uh-huh. you've said worse. Cheers. Is this this better not be tequila? I picked it's it. Not some type of gin. That is gin. Fucking shit. That is a botanical gin. I feel Ugh. like I feel like the Brits love their gin and tonic. Mm, beef eaters. And it went well. Or sapphire has a queen's picture with on the it. cucumber. So <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. So, dude, I am ready for episode dose. Last week on the Bob Berdella, Keeping Up with Bob Berdella, we ended with his first victim, Jerry Howell. He didn't really get into the torture yet. He just realized that he had to dispose of this victim somehow because you can't just let him leave. And that's where he decided to just grab a pot and drain his blood. He hooked him up to a beam in the garage and then slit him, slit his jugular, yada, 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 Mm -hmm. let him drain. In this episode, we're going to 
to be getting into a lot of the torture stuff. He poured out the blood, then laid a sheet of black plastic on the floor and began the dismemberment. For cuts through the joints, he used the knives. When he had to cut through bone, for example, when he separated Jerry's Jerry Howell's head from his body, he used the chainsaw. What you're seeing now is one of the hacksaws used to cut up Jerry Howell's body and all the other ones, too. There was only one victim he used his chainsaw for, and this is actually on one of those sites that you can buy. You can buy Bob Berdella's hacking tools. I don't much? know how that's legal. Like, it, wouldn't it be part of evidence? Yeah, good point. The guy, good point. <sighs> That is a really good. I, I'm. Let me show you what I I found on it, just because it's very interesting. I would never cross that line. Like I have a. I would never cross that line morally for me. Like I know other people of buying murder weapons. No, no, not buying murder weapons. But so they'll. He would do that. No, they'll like con, like you'll contact like Chris Watts for example, get him to send you something, he a drawing, and then you'll sell it. Like I wouldn't go that far. It, that wouldn't. That doesn't feel morally right for me. But Right. Other people do it. And there's this. So would you, where is your line? Would you buy one of like John Wayne Gacy's paintings? I would buy it. Yes. And, and display it. I just would never sell it for a profit. And a lot of people, and I'm not trying to get morally upright about like it. Like you would get, you would buy for it to, me, for a collection, but you wouldn't resell it because you feel like it would be giving, like giving props to the murderer. I just, I don't know. It's just. I, how is that different? No, uh, this is a genuine question. I'm not trying to be like, I'm not, meh, 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 meh. I'm not but making, how is that different than purchasing what, the. Because this guy's making money, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. A lot of people have a problem with this. This is why I'm saying it. Like, it's a lot of people think it should be banned, but this is the site, one of the sites right here. So, I'm just wondering, like, how that person got it. Like, I, like, is it, shouldn't that be locked up in, in evidence? I mean, I, in the police station, maybe Missouri's different, but you see here, this is 2,500 bucks. Uh, Robert Berdella Bucksaw from his home. Well, maybe that, maybe that wasn't maybe like wasn't one that was murder weapon. Yeah. His, it says at the bottom, and all these items say the same thing. All the Bob Berdella items offered here were obtained directly from the estate of Dale Dunmire. So, and so whoever that is. Yeah. So you have like, uh, like they'll do the drawings and stuff like this is 900 bucks. Like I would buy something like that, but I would never resell it. I would, personally, for me, that's where I wouldn't cross, you know. But this is kind of cool. Like but, having okay, something so, like this, so like I, a check. I kind of get what you're saying. Like you wouldn't resell yeah. it, but would you not reselling it, meaning making a profit off of this? Is that different than buying it directly from the criminal? Or like, would you buy it directly from the criminal or would you would you I just buy it from someone who has no, bought my, it and reselling no, it? My limit personally is I just wouldn't resell it. I don't care who I buy it from. Because when you resell it, you're you're making a profit and you're making a profit off a murderer. I'm not saying it's good or bad. But, but if you're buying oh it. Oh my God, Jen. No, 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 no I'm serious. I, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. Oh my God. I'm just wondering how is that different than giving profits to the murderer? You're not giving you're profits not, to the murderer. Nothing's going to the murderer. You're giving a profit. To yourself. Th there's this guy that owns a site. You're giving him the profits. What do you mean? I'm not giving Bob Burdell any money. Anyway, this is interesting. Is Sharam Rama on here? She is. Yeah, check this out, Sharam. You see this at the very top? Dragon Nagari, right there. Boom. Interesting. So this is a check signed by him. Insufficient funds. <laughs> well... <laughs> That happens sometimes. Holy oh, shit. That's not good. Yeah. So, I mean, so the thing is called murder, murderabilia. And, you know, this is the camera and stuff that I showed you earlier. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys have any moral issues? Now, I don't think Nicole would let me have any of this stuff in the house. So that's another thing. <sighs> 
I mean, it de- yeah. But I do have a hat from uh, uh, Ed Gein that I wear all the time. Well, yeah, from the town. From the town. From yeah. the town of Plainfield, Wisconsin, yeah. Sorry to get off on tangent. You guys still with me? I wasn't trying to pick a fight. I was just in, in like genuinely curious. I mean, I buy a lot of horror stuff too. Yeah. And I know that's fiction. But yeah, I would probably, like if I could get my hands on one of John Wayne Gacy's uh, paintings, paintings, which I don't know if you guys know this, uh, there was a like a wealthy guy that bought them all and mm-hmm. burned them. I don't know if y'all, oh. if y'all heard that story or not. No, I didn't. Yeah. I mean. Wasn't there a couple of years ago, wasn't there like a traveling showcase that had a bunch of murderabilia in Charleston. Yeah, uh, where we at? Wasn't it a comic book store that we were at, or a record store? You guys went to something that was like a dark magic something. Oh, you know what? I kind of want to take my mom to the Van Gogh thing while she's here. Oh, when's she coming? Um, the day after your birthday, actually. Oh, okay. for a couple days. Well, you know what Thank. I, you know what I got to say to that? Van, no, thanks. Fine, maybe Jen, my mom, and I will go. Yeah. You. How because, long were you thinking of that joke? Oh, look, I'm gonna draw a sunflower and another one. And here's another sunflower and another sunflower. Like, dude, have you heard of talent? Did you I should send get you, some. Did I, I send you, know you the... All right, all right, you we we got to get on. Did, did I send you the picture of the pool that was painted like Starry Night? No. I'll have to Yeah, find. you got to send that to me. This is the chainsaw he used for his his last victim, not Chris Bryson, but the one that we're going to talk about tonight. I'm just showing you uh, photos. This is You can also buy this on that site. I think it was like 50 grand or some shit. And I'm Damn. actually really surprised no one has bought it yet. It's interesting to me how much money these items go for. Well, yeah, if you got one of it, then you control the price of the market. Well, that's true. I mean, but it's it's fascinating how much people are willing to spend. All right, so... Like, that's a salary. That's more than I make. With with the murder victims tonight, starting with Jerry Howell, this is how he, Bob Berdella, disposes of the victims. He wraps each body part after he cut, he cuts all the body parts up in the bathtub upstairs. And then he puts every body part in a in several uh, plastic bags, trash bags, and then he wraps those plastic bags inside these doggy bags that he has. Then he'll keep the the bags by the front door of the house and wait to the garbage men are on the street and then he'll run it out there put it in the garbage can and then wait in the house watching to make sure the garbage men don't like fumble Look around it. yeah because it's dead by his dead body parts oh so let me talk a little bit about bob's background real quick i i like to go through this background pretty quick because it's you know not gruesome and shit right one of our supporters out there sydney i think said that Bob wasn't very smart. That's actually not true. He was he was a very intelligent but aloof character. Hmm. He had a very high intelligence. And it was one of those people that you're so smart for your own good. So you kind of talk down to people. You kind of condescend people. And, and the normal public does not like that. It's like you know everything. Yeah, you're smart and you're kind of talking down to people. That was who Bob was. His father worked for Ford. He does have a younger brother. Bob has a younger brother, Daniel, who his father liked more because Daniel was in the sports and his father was also in the sports. As you'll see, Bob was an art guy. He liked the art. That's why you saw on that website, he has all the art from prison, mm-hmm. stuff like that. In fact, he goes and studies art in 1967. So 
his father, Robert Berdella, is the senior, was a Catholic, Irish Catholic, yada, yada, yada. Bob Berdella was baptized as a Catholic, so he, he does have a problem with homosexuality and stuff like that. Same as in the Dahmer case, he would never admit that he's a homosexual. However, you know, when you when you look at the facts, that's that's his victim choice. Mm. But just like Dahmer, he had a, a, and I think it spawned into his religious beliefs. Well, yeah, I mean, in Catholicism, it's a big point of shame to be you know a homosexual and to you know have those Mm. curiosities even if even if it's not something that you're sure about it's something that you should like in you know the catechism like recently has the 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 viewpoint in the catholic church has shifted from being a homosexual is a sin to the actual homosexual acts is a sin. Like they're accepting if you have those beliefs, but if you act on them, that's where the sin is recently. But back in the 1980s, to have those thoughts, to be confused about your sexuality or to, to you know, to, to be a homosexual is something that is not accepted by the Catholic Church in the 80s, especially. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably it was probably a point of, of shame for him knowing that he's having these feelings and wanting to act out on them and and you know because it it was it probably wasn't the people that he was acting out on it was probably a a projection of himself that he was acting out on that and i'm not saying that's a good thing it's not it's not a good thing to act out murder on on an innocent victim because you feel ashamed of yourself but that may be a reason why he was you know persecuting these people robert berdella was more of a mama's boy at 16 his father dies at 39 of a heart attack and bob berdella this was kind of his last attachment to his religious beliefs because he did turn to the catholic church and for solace but they did not seem to reciprocate they did not help him in any way they did not help him get through his father's death as i said he is an art student highly intelligent an art teacher ron simon once said quote kids didn't like him and he couldn't care less extremely nearsighted that's why he wore the thick glasses slight speech impediment he bought he actually i mean he bought that house on 4315 charlotte street as a college junior and he dropped out of college because he he worked as a short order cook which is why he, he uses the boning knives and stuff like that but wait can you i'm sorry to interrupt he bought that house as a junior in college yeah so probably before he was 21 dang the housing market well not only that well the house is no longer so it's that has not been a profitable property no but i mean he's also like you know not around anymore or is he in jail he he got covid i'm just kidding he died a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) he died from eating from a charcuterie board Probably. I mean, colon cancer, that would uh, actually be, you know, uh, that would be karmic retribution. If I ever heard of it, any karmic retribution would be for Barb Bardella, who were who would fart fuck someone and front. to get don't say front. that word, yo, and then get colon cancer. That's karma. I'm going to make you I'm going to make Jen read all the fucking shit tonight. How about that? Go ahead. So Bob Bardella became a chef and a manager at several different restaurants, mostly a short order cook. He realized that he can make more money doing that than anything else. He wanted to be an art professor, but then he realized, I'm making more money as a short order cook, so I'll just drop out. He did buy a house, and he 
became kind of a full-time chef. In the early 1970s is when he started collecting these weird, bizarre, bizarro artifacts, human skulls, shrunken skulls, stuff like that. Anything he can find, especially from like the uh, Middle East, the Egyptian uh you know, culture, stuff like that, little statues or whatever. He would kind of collect stuff that was more like, you know, bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. So, um, <laughs> any, basically, thanks, Jen. You're welcome. That's Bas- Nicole. I'm Jen. No, I, I know. Good job. Uh, but she said you're welcome. Um. So, basically, any arcane artifacts that he can find. He, he had friends. He was very likable at first, but he's very rude. Oh. Very rude, man. Like I said, he's very condescending if, if you're not on his Ooh. intelligence. Level. I hate that. I hate condescending people. That's literally the worst. Like you could be like talk behind someone's back, but like that's one thing. But to <laughs> and that's cool. No, I'm not saying it's cool, but I'd say I think it's like worse to be condescending to someone's face. Really grinds your gears. <laughs> grinds my gears. It does. Like I really like every day want to punch that person in the face. Huh. Like I really do. I know it's so bad, but I cannot stand condescending people. Like every you're not better than me. You're not better than anyone else. You are human. So stop being fucking rude. This is how weird this guy is. In art school, he sets up... No one understood his sense of humor. And this is what I mean. In art school, he set up this weird experiment for a grade. This was like a project. This is fucked. He made this maze. It's about the size of this room, per se. Like a a maze you walk through. Hardboard, stuff like that. And he gave the people walking through the maze, when you come up to the maze entrance, he would give you a a baby chick. A a live baby chicken. Like a a little baby. Little, little baby. Just eat it like a chicken nugget. Oh, that's terrible. Is that where the idea of chicken nuggets came from? Anyway, he he gave anyone entering the maze, his fellow students, his baby chicken. They would walk through the maze, and the maze was pretty easy. Once they reached the very end of the maze, there was a TV screen in front of them. And they're like, what is this? On loop on this TV screen was a baby chicken being blown up. So he had attached fireworks, whatever, to this baby chicken. Now, what do you think the point of that is? I don't know, but I don't like it. Bob set up a small maze, gave the people entering a baby chicken, completed maze, a video of a chicken being blown up. Many times the person holding the baby chick would involuntarily squeeze the chick to death. He gave the everyone entering the maze a baby chicken. When they completed the maze, there was a video of a chicken getting blown up. That would involuntarily, you see that and you're like, ah, you're involuntarily squeezing your hand, which contains the baby chick. No. So you're killing the chick that he gave you. Why would you. he do that? What do you mean? I mean, he's a fucking psychopath. Dude. Yeah, I, I mean, but like, that's terrible. All right, we're going to run through real quick the previous arrest, and then we're getting right into the butt fucking. <laughs> 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 Which is what you guys want. Okay. All right. He had already been interviewed previous times before his final arrest for two of the missing cases. So they were following, watching him and questioning him, but they just could not prove anything. One detective informally said to, and this is, this book is from a detective or from the sergeant at the case. He said the following informally, not on record, quote, there was a standing order to fuck with Bob Berdella whenever possible. So, oh. yeah, this is before the, uh, Chris Bryson. All right. So arrested 
Three months later, he was arrested for all kinds of stuff, mostly with drugs. He was a petty drug dealer, but he did have the best type of drugs. He had animal tranquilizers, which a lot of the cases, the druggies would come to his house specifically to get injected, which is weird. They would want to get injected with animal tranquilizers. So he would inject these people because they want, they consented to being injected with animal tranquilizers and then while they were passed out he would do stuff to them but yes very yes now not all the time but yes that's what it was basically and they wouldn't even know because they were unconscious yeah exactly so it's a win-win for him because he's making money and getting some would that be a win-win for you jen all right so this is the some of the uh the journal entries right here this is kind of crazy so and this is i'm not gonna we're going to go over who this is from, but I just wanted to show you the an overview of the journal here. So it says stuff like uh, photo, close off, no react, fing F950, fing F, which is finger fucking, one half cc of ket, which is... Ketamine? There you go, ketamine. Special K? Yeah, special K in the arm, no react. So he's journaling all this. 1015 BF, which is... Fuck, fuck. Be- b- <laughs> Best friend. Oh, right. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I forgot. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. 1015, butt fuck, no reaction. So obviously the guy is out. 1030, tight arms. Read 1050, Jen, since you're, uh, what does that say? 1050 right here. Carrot fuck. (laughs) Slight resistance. (laughs) One and a half CC, CPNK. CP is the chloro. Chloroform? Uh, it, no, it's some animal tranquilizer. But yeah, so l- let me tell you. Let so me, he was fucking people with carrots? Let, let me tell you. All right, we're going to go. At least he wasn't chopping their fingers off. I'm going to show you I my. <laughs> oh, like, I don't know whether to clench my hands or my butt. I'm gonna Both. Show you. I'm Close show you. all your holes and clench your fists. I'm going sh- to show you my notes real quick. So test need. Th- this is from his journal. Means needle. Well, actually, don't look. I'm going to oh. quiz you. No. All right. So beefy, BF means butt fuck. What is, it doesn't mean beefy because is, like a burger sounds actually really good right now. All right. What does C-U-C-R, C-U-C space R mean? I don't know. It means cucumber rape. Ew. <laughs> C-F means what? Carrot fuck. Carrot fuck or cucumber fuck. Oh, it could be both. FF. What's the difference between cucumber rape and a carrot fuck or a cucumber fuck? Like, what's the difference between a fuck and a rape? There is, there is a very, in here, he specifies the difference between a fuck and a rape. Can you please enlighten us? Yes. Because I'm very, I'm very confused. A rape. He does not consent to. From his, no, from his journal. Because I don't see how they would consent to any of this, but that's just me. Listen, a rape from his journal annotated with RP, capital R, capital P, rape. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is. It's definitely worse, so it should be capital letters, but go on. Is when his captive is conscious and resisting. So a carrot fuck would be he is out. He doesn't feel anything. I'll stick a big old carrot up his butthole. A carrot rape is he is resisting, but I'm still sticking the carrot in his butthole and he is squirming. That's the difference between carrot fuck CF and carrot rape CR. All of those were annotations. I wouldn't wish that on anyone either case. All right, FF. Finger Finger fuck. No. He put finger. Finger fuck is F-I-N-G space F. FF. You want me to tell you what it is? Yeah. FF is either fist fuck or front fuck, which means front fuck is like dry humping friction fuck. I thought F. What? I I thought FRT was front. (laughs) (laughs) 
Shin's over here taking notes. I'm, I'm like trying to keep. You told me it wasn't fart, and it was fun. And I just don't understand how he's changing his journaling. So wait, wait. So front fuck could be FF. Let's just say it's fist fuck. Most of the time, I don't. Was, most time I, it's I fist fuck. No, I don't know. Which means a fist in the. It's boots. a one way street. It's not no. And in fact, at least one person died of a fist fuck. A fist fuck. Uh, the internal wall in, in like, the uh, in the the uh, what do you call it? The bowel. The bowels bleed. I just I, I'm very curious, but I am not curious at the same time. Like I like my morbid, gross needs to know kind of part of me needs to know how one would get a fist up your anus no, i that, don't understand you can, you can literally go to Pornhub and see that shit no i don't no. want to i don't want to see it no. i just want to i just want to hear 840 cf what's that what does that mean hall asked dreading what he suspected would be the answer i believe at the time that that was a carrot fuck Berdella said can you tell us what you mean by a carrot fuck hall asked though he had absolutely no desire to hear the explanation he wanted everything explained and this was one of the more sickening acts depicted in Bordella's photo collection i use the carrot to sodomize the anus <laughs> that's what he said uh, Jen. All right, we got to get this Chris Bryson thing out the way. Yeah. Okay, because I said we would do that. So I'm going to run through that, and then we're going to get to some serious BF. Oh. Bryson was the last victim, although he escaped. So he was in the throes of getting it all, all mapped out. Luckily for him, he got out within four days, five days. But since then, he had a routine. Bob Berdella developed a routine for his captives, and he would, yes, he would call them captives. The routine for Bryson was as follows. Bob Berdella, when he wakes up, he would rape Chris and then once again at night before sleep. Bob Berdella worked at a shop in the flea market, the Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Usually, and he went, he didn't have set hours. Sometimes 11 a.m. to 5, sometimes 1 p.m. to 3. A lot of the days he didn't make any money at all. He had no customers and he wasn't making a lot. So I'm guessing he marked up some things and made one or two sales during the week. Well, yeah, I feel like his shop would only attract a specific clientele. Yeah, but a lot of times he just wasn't making any money, so he he had a lot of time to sodomize. Bob Berdella placed Chris on his back in the morning. He tied his hands and feet together and then tied dog collar to the bedpost and his feet to the bottom of the bedpost. Usually put a washcloth in Chris's mouth and then the leash is tethered to the top of the bedpost. He would turn on the TV so Chris couldn't hear anything and this is one of the things that I found very interesting that he did that was innovative. Bob Berdella took some caulk and then caulked in the ears so the victim couldn't hear anything. This wasn't necessarily painful, but it was more or less so they couldn't hear what was going They couldn't hear Bob coming in and out. They couldn't yeah, get his Yeah, but routine. that's still not okay. Yeah, but this is very innovative. I've never seen anyone do that. That's... Me either, and I, I would not recommend. Zero out of ten stars. At this point, Chris would receive regular shock treatments and enemas. Bob would take care of the victim or of Chris, his captive, by giving him a routine enema. And this is so things would get cleaned out. And this is actually the enema device right here. And I'll, you can also buy this. I mean, <laughs> if you want something that was shoved up someone's asshole, you can buy this. Like, what the oh, fuck? no. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? Who buys this shit? Hopefully not you. <laughs> 
I mean, this is the thing that was shoved up. People are shooters. Again, how is this not... <laughs> like, seriously, though, how is this not in evidence? Dude, don't ask me. I mean, this is the evidence fucking folder right here, bro. That's the evidence folder. So why was it... I, I, I don't understand. I, like, why was it released? How did someone get their hands on this? I, I'm seriously... I'm not asking dude, I, you. I'm I just asking. I honestly do not know. Every murder house or every time a crime takes place, the, why do they put the cops out there? to protect the house so people i mean because you got people stealing shit they want to steal things in the house yeah i, I mean and- d- dude what we did the remember the versace case yeah do you know what the women were doing what <laughs> specifically the women when uh gianni versace got shot he got shot right in front of his gate mm-hmm. of his palace right in uh, miami yep when the cops were there, there were women and men probably, but I, I know definitely women got caught with this. They would take handkerchiefs and run up to the crime scene and swap it in the blood. Now they have Versace's blood on the handkerchief. Yeah. And we, we covered that. Uh-huh. So it's the same same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing with Ed Gein. You know, now I, I said I wouldn't cross the line, but I, I would if it was a murder that happened hundreds of years ago. Let, let's say the Bloody Benders. If I could get like their saw or something, that would be cool. I mean, this was like 18 60s i We're still no racist. i still would oh, okay. anyway all right okay. let's move all right, on, moving on. that's Sorry. okay yeah all right so yeah anyway um at the time he got regular shock treatments and injection injections of drain cleaner to the vocal cords as we talked about he also got enemas Chris actually had to ask permission to speak, and one victim we're going to talk about did comply completely as Bob wanted. He would be led from room to room with the leash, just like a dog. Mm. The escape happened four days in. He had asked to have his hands tied in front instead of over his head, like he was. His hands were tied to the bedpost over his head. And this is something. If you ever get tied up in this situation, maybe you should think of this. He asked to have his hands tied in front so he. Can, because they were getting really uncomfortable and Bob complied with that. After Bob left for his work, Chris g- was able to get his right hand free. He grabbed a book of matches, which Bob had dropped because at this point he was, Chris was complying enough where Bob bought him cigarettes. Mm-hmm. This is only a few days in. Right. He grabbed the matches and burned the, the, the final remaining ropes and then he proceeded out the window. That's how his escape went. Again, like I said in the first episode. Now, let's talk about the second victim this is the i'm gonna show you a polaroid picture right here this is the first one can you please describe his face this is todd stoops i titled this in my notes the 17 hour torture extraordinaire this was the longest torture that bob has done and the detectives were asking him well don't you get tired and stuff like this and bob would say not at first so he could go about 20 something hours torturing before he needs sleep so this is the that this is that polaroid here can you describe his face especially Shocked. I mean, terrified. Just just wide-eyed. Mouth is bound. Not good. So I'll put this on talkmer.com, the photo here. But this is the, and this is from the Kansas City Police Department. Stopes, Todd Stoops, receiving a 7,700 volt jolt of electricity from Bordella. You see his hands are tied behind his back and intertwined with a metal pole. So they're mm-hmm. kind of tied around that. You see the voltage 
clamps, which are the alligator clips, one is in his right arm. You see he's got something in his mouth like a gag, and his face, especially if you look at his eyes, it is is just, uh, I mean, it's just it's horrible to look at. He is in, in clear shock, and his eyes kind of tell it all. You see there, right there, his eyes? Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting to look at. So this is one of the few Polaroids that they, they actually released. I think it's very interesting. You see the, the pain and the just confusion that he's going through. Pretty nuts, eh? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Todd's, Todd Stopes, as you saw, he was a 21-year-old, muscular and attractive to Bob. This is probably why Bob Berdella spent 17 hours on him. They had met a few times, and like a lot of the victims, Bob has helped them quite a bit. Gave them drugs, and even tried to get them off the street from hustling. Tried to get them not addicted to drugs. Him and his wife, Rachel, were on the streets selling their bodies for drugs. So Todd Stoops was hooked on one-in-ones, which one-in-ones, that is a, a mixture of both Ritalin and Tawin, which is a, another, I guess, upper injection. So you mix both Ritalin and this other upper together, and that's what a one-in-ones is. In 1984, Todd was arrested, and Bob actually showed up and pleaded with the judge, showed up at this guy's his uh, trial, pleaded with the judge. He said, listen, I know this guy has a drug problem. Now, this is two years before he even thought about murdering. So he's just a good guy minus all that shit. You understand that? Yeah. He said... He said he would assign himself as a probation supervisor, and they actually signed Bob Berdella, well, to them, from what the the uh, report says, quote, Dr. Berdella, to be his probation supervisor. So he lied and said he was a doctor, right? Two years went by, and after that is the next time Berdella actually saw Todd, and he was right back out there hustling. He was a chicken hawk. June 17th, 1986, he gets into Bob's car and, quote, this is what Bob says right here. I'm going to read this. This is his exact words to the detective because he ended up confessing all these. Right. Quote, Todd died because at one point I fist fucked him, rupturing the anal wall. And between the loss of blood and infections that set in, he died of not getting proper treatment. This was a 17 hour torture session. He picked him up on the 17th at 1130 p.m. He was hustling at 5.20 p.m., the first journal entry was made, and it says cat, which is ketamine, and then sodomies. At 7 p.m., he snapped the first photo, and he said his eyes were, quote, fixed. At 7.40, he did something that was also very innovative that I found very interesting. Do you know how before he took the Transformer? And if you want to shock someone for with the Transformer, you got to do what? You got to put these alligator clips on them, correct? Wherever. You put them wherever, but you clip them to them. However, if you want to, quote, move that paint around, is what Bob Burdella, is what Burdella said, you would have to then turn off the transformer machine remove said clips and then reposition them however if you wanted to move that pain around how would you circumvent that what he did and since he's a chef he had access to this and and anyone has access to this really but he took two spatulas and you know how you were saying earlier about the uh what do you call the the jumper cables no clear oh the the defibrillator defibrillator he hooks the cables alligator clips up to these metal metal spatulas Mm -hmm. the cooking spatulas 
Yeah, yeah. And he used the ends, the, the flat ends, as a defibrillator-ish. Now he can not have to worry about turning the machine off and shocking himself, but just move around different parts of the body. Well, I mean, he would have to hook it to something that had a rubber conductor so that he wouldn't shock himself when he touched the metal. When you say to the highs, Hall started, but Burdell cut in. This was with the eyes closed, Bordella said, but using them as one of the areas that the electricity would enter. So the eyelid? Yes, through the eye. At this point, I was trying to blind him, Bordella remarked unemotionally. And why were you trying to permanently blind him? Hall asked to disable him as far as any long-term captivity. So he actually, with the guy's eyes closed, took these spatulas with 7,700 volts of electricity and placed said spatulas on Todd Stoops' eyes. That is horrifying. I'm I'm really surprised I didn't blow his eyeballs straight out of his head. I mean, that, I mean, think about that, that amount of electricity. Think about this. If you're in the U.S., you have 120 volts coming out of your outlets. Mm -hmm. If you're in the UK, you probably have 240. Either way, you stick a knife in there, that's going to wake you up. It's going to stick your hair up and you'll probably never do that shit again. It's going to shock you. Because didn't you stick a knife in a... Didn't you do that recently or something? Didn't You did something like I that. I was... It was the light switch, not a socket. And I was trying to push the wires back in. And, the and did it and hurt? It was so hot. Yeah, it shocked me. That was 120 volts. Think about 7,700 volts. Yeah, it hurt my... It like hurt my whole arm. 7,700 volts through your eyeballs through those metal spatulas. That is intense. I'm really surprised. <sighs> I'm really surprised that his eyeballs didn't blow out of his head. Yeah, I honestly. mean. 11 p.m. CF, which is cucumber fuck on this one, plus more shocks. Midnight approaches, 2 o'clock. This is journal notation. 2 BF, butt fuck. 4 o'clock quiet talking about the the victim here todd stoops quiet bf quiet butt fuck so he was quiet then he got butt fucked 4 30 a.m four acepromazine injections 4 40 that seemed ex- excess excessive 4 40 a.m so 10 minutes later cf slash cf which is carrot fuck and cucumber fuck quote grunts no movement 5 30 whimpering sounds three cc's of ket which is ketamine 6 30 front overhead fuck no reaction front overhead fuck front overhead fuck yes that's very interesting what does that, that even you just mean? ask that the polaroids were of him sodomizing and doing this to the victims and what is also interesting is his some of his body parts made it into those polaroids like his stomach and his knee or whatever so but you can't tell it's him specifically i mean you can but the detectives had to recreate these images with Bob. So they had to have Bob sit in these weird positions and like the detective would put his finger out like it was a carrot and Bob would like put his wrap his fist around the carrot finger and they would recreate these photos. This is one of those weird true crime facts that is just out there. I don't like that. Anyway, one notation had the following quote, anal bleed, which was after FF, which is front fuck. No, not front fuck. No, not the finger fuck is F-I-N-G-F. F-F is fist fist fuck fist fuck anal bleeding fist fuck uh. quote at the time that i 
fist fucked him, he did not bleed, but then started to bleed rather heavily. End quote. That's from Bob. The tortures then continued from 11 a.m. Or the the tortures continued until 11 a.m. And then Bob goes to work at the Mm. flea market. Right. So he's doing his thing. At 3 p.m. he comes home and more sodomies, more injection. Now, he wanted to measure the pain response because this guy is woozy. He's in and out of consciousness. He doesn't really know if he's feeling any pain. So he takes each finger and he bends it back as far as he can. No, 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 no. As far as he can. And he measures the pain response. Oh, oh. So you have both carrots and finger abuse in this episode. And I don't like either of them, especially because carrots I usually associate with fingers. I don't like it. I don't like any of it. If y'all want me to do one more episode with more of the tortures, he did come up with a few more things. I didn't see where he did it in Todd Stoots because this is the uh, second victim. But... If we do another one of these, we'll talk about what he can, what he calls his uh, acupuncture techniques, and specifically anal acupuncture, and and some other places where he would put some needles. Anyway, nearly two weeks went by, and let me show you the the picture kind of before again. So you guys saw this picture. Yep. He's skinny, mm-hmm. right, Jen? Pretty skinny. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Look at this picture, and let's see what he looks like two weeks later. This is what he looked like two weeks later. Oof. Ooh, that's ooh, that's. He looks like a a concentration camp victim. Very malnourished. Malnourished. Bob actually shaved his head so he would look more like a concentration victim. The the photo caption here says, Todd stoops after two weeks as a hostage, June 1986. His appearance changed so dramatically, police did not recognize stoops from Berdella's earlier photos of him. They actually thought that this was a different victim. This is the same guy. He looks like Skeletor here. He hasn't been eating because Bob hasn't been feeding him. But he has been keeping him alive through regular penicillin shots and stuff of that to keep the infections off. So I said that Bob Berdella is a sexual sadist. This is very interesting. In a study of 26 sexual sadists, 23 of the sexual sadists that were studied, 23 of the 26 meticulously recorded their criminal events. They, most of them, had some sort of OCD, obsessive compulsive personalities. They need needed to make sure and this is the 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 word that the behavioral psychologists used they needed to feel quote complete when they documented and took the photographs and even Jeffrey Dahmer building a shrine they were doing this torture stuff but it wasn't fulfilling them they needed to have something complete so they knew the victim was going to die like Todd Stoops obviously is about to die they need to complete his life cycle in some way that's where the photographs come in with Bob Rodella and for Jeffrey Dahmer, the skulls on the shrine, stuff like that. They needed the the end of the story. I, if, if you don't understand it, good. You're not a sexual sadist. They also have strong, strong fantasy lives. Think about the dragon Nagari, right? Fantasy lover. Mm. They think all the time. They're in their own heads about their different fantasies. They come up with the dungeon ideas and stuff like this. They usually, the they're usually sadomasochists, but that always starts innocently, usually by a willing partner. However, how many willing partners are out there? Plus, that shit gets old because sadomasochism is, I mean, willing. 
Oh, we got it. it hurts. Yeah. Oh, no, don't do it. No, that kind of hurt too much. Just dial it back. That doesn't fulfill them. You know what I'm saying? They want the pain. That's what sadomasochism is. So you at first it starts with willing and then it goes to unwilling, mm -hmm. obviously. Then at the very end, it goes to sex slaves, which is what Perdella was doing. He was walking his fucking victim. He was walking his victims around like a dog. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to talk about his MO real quick and then we'll stop. The MO are usually transient boys. And when I say boys, I mean young men, 18 to 20. Transients, they're selling themselves on that same street. They were looking for drugs. He would take them back to his house, shoot them up with anything. A drug user, they don't care if it's crack or animal, animal tranquilizers. They'll do anything. And that's what usually happened. They usually willingly accepted a shot of animal tranquilizers, which... Is the animal tranquilizers were got were received by Bob by his vet. He has three chow chows. So and you know, I guess they're rowdy. So he got all these animal tranquilizers. Aren't chow chows the dogs that have black tongues? I think so, yeah. That's so weird. If you want to read number 10, this he had plenty of roommate boarders to pay for his lifestyle because his bazaar wasn't really working that well. So this is from one of the um survivors. Bob shot me up and Paul with these two drugs, and the drugs rendered me totally helpless. I could see what was going on, but was unable to move or speak. I can't say whether or not Bob had sex with me while the three of us were on the bed because I was totally out of it. You see, they don't even know if they had sex or not. Hmm. Another 19-year-old DJ Blankenship said... He was struck with the tranquilizer, quote, that's all I can remember from that night is the initial stick. I passed out from the downer. A few months later, DJ Blankenship runs into Bob again. Quote, he started talking about bondage. He asked me how I felt about it and I told him I didn't like it. He got pissed off and started to use force. That's when he tied up my hands. He tied up my left hand first and then rolled me over and tied up my right hand to the head of the bed. This is before he had the kill. So he's starting with willing partners and this is the transition mm -hmm. between willing and unwilling and once you pass that barrier of okay you're yeah you're unwilling but i've i went too far i rubbed fucking bleach in your eyes shit like i can't let you go this that's his dilemma at this point he did like thin white haired 20 year old boys from a broken home no job no ambition living day to day and bisexual so um this is a quote from the uh, the book. The detective says, but anger towards all of these young men? Bob says, that's correct. And the detective says, you thought these young men were using you. Yes. And that was your way of getting back at them. And he says, or being able to recast myself in a role that would allow me to deal with the reality that I was going through. Possibly the way I handled situations prior to this. I saw myself in a weak state. This was a way where I was no longer weak and helpless. So a lot of these guys, he would help. He would try to help get off the street. He would, as an adult, he would take in these, these young boys and get them back into a better life. And then it transitioned to this. So I don't know. We, we actually got to stop there because we got to go meet my, my parents. But for you guys, I hope you liked that one. I'm going to do one more with more of the torture and stuff we get to cap it off but i hope you guys like that anyway i hope you guys like that tune in one more episode on bob Berdella, and then i'm done with him i'm gonna move on to bigger and better things but until next time my name is john sitting here with jen and nicole good night you lovely lovely people <laughs>